and welcome to the Signpost Inn podcast, a space at life's crossroads to connect with God and find direction. Pour yourself a drink, grab a seat, and join us on the back porch for a friendly conversation about Christian prayer, spirituality, and faithful theology. My name's Matt. And I'm Brandon, and we're really glad you're here. The Signpost Inn podcast is brought to you by the Signpost Inn ministry, where we offer spiritual direction, retreats and sabbatical residencies, and lots of resources and training. You can find out more about what we do and support us by visiting signpostin.org. On this week's episode, I'm going to talk to my wife, Leave about host homes. But before we jump into that discussion, we need your help. Please help us meet our financial goals by becoming a supporter. We currently really need regular monthly supporters, but please also consider a one-time gift this coming November on Giving Tuesday or as an end-of-year gift. As a 501c3 charity, we cannot continue to do what we do without support from people like you who truly believe in the power of slowing down, listening to each other, knowing, and being known. Donating is quick and easy at signpostin.org donate. And now, here's the show. Well, welcome back, everybody. This time is another one of the episodes where I've got Leave, my wife, here, and we're going to talk about one of the ideas that's been really foundational when we started Signpost In, which is creating host homes or having a network of host homes for people who need a sabbatical time away. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to introduce you briefly. Uh, Leave and I have been married for 20... 19. 19 years. Mm-hmm. I knew that. We've been married for 19 <laughs> years. We have five children. And um, Leave, when we met, the first time we met in college, be honest, what did you think about me? That black glasses and a shaved head were not a good look for you. And you would have been correct. Yeah. No, the other thing I thought was that you had taken my spot in the classroom because you'd sat in the front row where the professor could see you, which is what I had been told you were supposed to do to have a successful college career. (laughs) So I walk in and this guy has already taken my seat and I think that's it. My success in college is now no longer guaranteed and this has all been a waste of time. So so thanks so much, guy in the black glasses. Yep. So that is true. And I did sit in the front row and I thought that sitting in the front row would guarantee college success. And it clearly did. So that was, <laughs> that was good. Um, that was a eight o'clock in the morning, Monday morning, first class in college philosophy 101. I distinctly remember it. Uh, Dr. Burke was the professor. Mm-hmm. Wonderful guy. He was a wonderful guy. He actually was my college uh, advisor all through college. And uh, I would sit in his office and cry that I was never going to get a job <laughs> with philosophy and he would just console me and agree. And that was, that was, it was good. No, he actually, he actually encouraged me that learning how to learn would be the best way to get a job. Um, I think he was kind of wrong because I'm still working for ministries that don't pay money, (laughs) but I would never change that degree. But it's the best job. It is the best job. So, but you, you did a degree in, you're majored in history. It did end up being history. Um, my advisor was Mark Kaltoff, who is a fantastic guy out at Hillsdale College in Michigan. Which where is where we, we met. Yep. 
and uh, and he was very kind because he knew that I wanted to study all kinds of random things, and I did when I got there, and then got to my junior year and said, I need to major in something. And so he put together the credits that would fit, plus things I loved, also things I loved. And it turned into a history degree. So I am very grateful that I got to study all the different stuff I got to study. But it's But both you and I, have always been curious about stuff, right? right. We, we dip into all kinds of different things and uh, are not not stuck to our one one uh, area of interest or expertise. Yeah. So we would not say it was love at first sight because it certainly wasn't. No. Um, it took a while. Yeah. Uh, but th- and that taking a while. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> um, so that's that's another story that we could tell, but we're not going to tell that story. What the, the brief version is that we got married out of, after college. And we moved straight from Massachusetts, where you grew up, and I dragged you all the way to Texas for a couple of years. The next day. The next day, Mm -hmm. yep. We lived in Texas for a few years until I decided to go back to school to get a master's degree in historical theology in St. Louis, which is where uh, all of our children, except for the first one, the first one was born in Texas. Mm -hmm. Our oldest was born in Texas that first couple years we were there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... We moved back to Texas for a short period of time, and then now we're here in Canyon City, Colorado, where we love it. There's mountains surrounding us, mm-hmm. and you homeschool. And have chickens. And have chickens. Life goal. That was a life goal, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yep, it yeah. was. It, Yep, it's sort of sad that it's super trendy because I actually like it <laughs> most days. And we don't have goats yet. No goats. No goats. Um, yes, we homeschool. Uh, we had not really planned to. We went to one, you know, had the kids in wonderful schools uh, in St. Louis. Brandon was the, or you, I can talk to you directly. You I can guess. talk to me directly. Okay. I'm sitting right here. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you were the um, dean of the upper school at a classical school in St. Louis uh, that we really enjoyed and loved having the kids there. It was awesome. And over time, and, and maybe through one specific thing, I realized that I did not want to teach my children spelling. And that I didn't want for them to be forced by somebody's curriculum to be taught spelling. And I know this is this is very controversial because there are people for whom spelling is uh, is the most important subject in school. But I mean, that's that's being a little glib. The, the truth is, uh, I love the freedom of teaching my children from what I have. And spelling didn't seem that important to me. It, it wasn't out of... It wasn't the things that I wanted to offer them, but I had this huge, you know, I have this huge library of books that I've collected over time and, uh, you know, places we've been and things that we've learned that I wanted to share with my kids. And I felt like uh, even the wonderful schools we were in, I didn't have that opportunity of just sharing those things with my kids. And so these, they were growing up past the level of the books that I had and they hadn't read them yet. And I'm thinking, well, when do they get to? So homeschooling was very freeing in that way. And uh, the first day that I woke up and realized that nobody's going to tell me my kids have to take a spelling test on Friday... It was like this veil was lifted and suddenly I realized school can be lots of lots of different things. So they um, they're all doing really well. Uh, we're having a lot of fun with it. And well, I'm having a lot of fun with it. They do a lot of schoolwork. But um, but yeah, it's it's been wonderful. So being in in um, in Canyon City is is just the right spot for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the thing we we I was going to talk about this the last podcast, but I, it's worthwhile to say it now because. One of the things that you introduced me to in my life was the idea of using my senses, right? I I was the philosophy nerd. I hid inside of books and ideas, and you were a musician. You were a historian. You liked people. You liked the hunt for 
for real stuff. You would go outside, uh, you enjoy creation just to enjoy it. And I think those things were a big eye-opener to me that I could do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've kind of melded the two brain and, brain and heart worlds together or the brain and body worlds together in our marriage to some extent, mm-hmm. which has been a real challenge and joy. It's been good. So I'm not sure we can transition easily, but I do want to transition to mm-hmm. talking about what we want to talk about, which is the idea of having a network of host homes throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Or uh, the world. Or the world. Yeah, throughout the world. Mm-hmm. This was actually one of the earliest ideas, mm-hmm. way before Signpost Inn was ever even a thought of thing. We we thought of this probably five years ago or more. No, more, more than that. I, I actually want to touch on that real quick. Even when we were having our very first kids, there had been a couple hints of the idea of maybe being, you know, house parents at this or that place. Actually, before we had kids, we had a, a connection to somebody with the C.S. Lewis Society, and they were looking for the the house parents for the kilns for the the Lewis house. And uh, and we, you know, we loved that idea. It was so great. It wasn't the right moment for us to apply, but it was sort of that first that first opportunity where we said, yes, that this is what we want. We want to live. We want to live in a way that is uh, welcoming and life-giving. And, and actually, from my from my background, super quick, sorry, I'm not going exactly the direction you were going, but I grew up around... Um, when do you ever go the exact direction I'm going? But I get to a really good place, <laughs> and it's all really interesting along the way, right? <laughs> of course. Uh, anyway, yeah, I grew up in Massachusetts, and we were not too far from the Southboro Labrie, and there were some Labrie folks who went to our church, and they were awesome people. And I just had these fantastic experiences being in a home where, you know, life was happening. There were host parents there, and kids were around, and, and they had meals, and there were all, you know, all manner of people uh, at the table. And then, you know, we just they put on some plays that I got to be part of and stuff like that. And just the idea of this this home that had non-direct family members in it that um, just encouraged uh, creating life, uh, you know, in, in the home and then and then coming from the home. And so so that was kind of that picture, too, where we had always had this idea of being, you know, having people in the home. And so, yeah, so we thought about that when we first had kids. And then we thought about it again several years ago where we realized we have this extra room in our house. And many, many people, so many people have resonated with this and said, oh, my goodness, that's exactly what I thought. We have this room in our house. We know people who are sort of in a transitional moment or who need, you know, a weekend away or they need a month away. And we've just thought, how can we use this room to give people welcome in our home for a brief time uh, before they move on? And we've we've sort of almost had experiences making that work, but we didn't know what we were doing, so it didn't really go well. Uh, and we couldn't be helpful to anybody who's crossed our path in that way. But then looking at... But then COVID happened. And what yeah. happened was yeah, yeah. I took a sabbatical and for a lot of reasons, not to do with COVID, but I took, I had a mental breakdown essentially. And I took a sabbatical and over the sabbatical time, there was this confluent confluence of ideas of, Hey, we've always wanted to do this. And there's probably a lot of people out there like us who are going through straight trauma mm-hmm. and need a place to reconnect to find new direction, to talk about this with God. You know, it's not recovery per se in the sense that it's recovery from drugs or something, but it is a reconnection. So we, that's when those two ideas came together in my mind. Mm -hmm. We suddenly realized, you know what, if I could get away for three months Mm -hmm. after this big problem that happened and be supported in that time 
have some uh, somebody to take care of my food and my lodging and just take care of me, that might be really, really healthy. And I think that and was some, the... And some guidance in that time where you're yeah. using, not not being productive with that time, but having a sense of purpose in yeah, that time. Exactly. And I think that was the, I was that, that's where the place where the, it came together as this makes sense. Mm-hmm. So the idea then is we have like-minded people throughout the world who have that extra bedroom or have the mother-in-law apartment or have an extra house somewhere that would be willing to share that space with whatever gifts they have because they can they can all look different there's not going to be a repeatable exact pattern or mold that they have to fit but people have houses or rooms where they are welcoming into their lives and into their homes somebody who needs that space whether that person is a teacher who needs to get away for the summer, a pastor who needs a three-month sabbatical, a widow who recent loss of spouse means that she needs some time to talk to God about it, a young professional who lost a job or got out of college, anybody in a transitionary period in their lives, mm-hmm. and we're all in them all the time, mm-hmm. but anybody in that transition point that wants to take some time away to spend it with God. And I think what you said is really important with, with purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not with intention, like I have to be very intense, mm-hmm. but with the purpose of resting and and receiving from God the solace and the direction that they, they are seeking at that time. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people have asked us, so what do the host families do? What you said was that they all look different, right? So yeah. we, I have a dear friend in uh, Michigan who has seven kids, uh, but she has a mother-in-law apartment and her, uh, you know, her welcome would be, we would love to have a, you know, young person or w- whatever it was the parameters were. They just need to be aware that this is a house with seven children in it and, you know, they have their separate apartment and there's going to be a lot of life going on. But if that's what you want, you know, and we've talked to single people who are saying, I just want to be around life. I mean, I think COVID was really hard for a lot of single people who one of our dear friends said she was touch starved. And so the idea to be just around a family that's bunking around, you know, bunking all against each other and whatever would be a refreshing thing. Just to be clear on that, though, that would not be refreshing for someone like me. Exactly. I would need a place where you have a room and you say, you can have this room and we'll have dinner at this time. Otherwise, we don't ever need to see you. And I'd be more happy with that when mm-hmm. I could kind of come out when I needed to yep. and be a hiding away when I needed to and have some space. And we have a house like that, too. I mean, mm-hmm. we have somebody who, you know, has a house on the West Coast the same way, has a whole room, mm-hmm. whole part of the wing of the house that could be yours. Yep. Or or a completely empty house that they're willing to allow someone to use for that that period of time for the, the signpost in personal prayer retreat. Uh, Yeah. I think the hardest thing for people to wrap their minds around, and I think it's hard for us to describe, is that the traditional way of doing something like this, the assumption is there is a particular way that organization does their sabbaticals, and you're going to be given their curriculum or their program, and you're going to do it. And from the get-go, we have wanted to kind of buck that idea and be something different which is rather than us giving you our program, we wanted to help you discover what God's program was for your individual particular time. So the idea is to have a bunch of places that are different so that we can fit different needs Mm -hmm. and different requirements. And that's why we say, yeah, you mentioned it could be a weekend. Mm -hmm. It it could be four days Mm -hmm. or it could be a year. 
another question that comes up is what's the responsibility of the host home uh, as far as the time that this person is spending away is concerned. And what we do want to stress is that spiritual direction is an incredibly important part of what we're doing, but it's not what the host home does. The host home is not the spiritual director. Right now, you're the one who is doing the spiritual directing. Eventually, we, we would love for there to be more spiritual directors who connect with people uh, in their own ways. But for now, that's Brandon. And so when we're talking about somebody coming to spend this time, they would talk to you beforehand. Yeah, so the the practicalities of how this we imagine this working and we want this to work are that people who need a time away would call us and we would then help them find the right place and we would help them through the initial stages of figuring out what it is they're going to do with that time, how they're going to use that time. Um, If you look on our website right now, I have broken it down into two categories. There's like a working sabbatical where you might go live somewhere for a while, get a job, embed in the community, and yet you're still living in that space with the purpose of talking to God a lot. Another way to do it would be to take a really, truly, I think it's titled a contemplative sabbatical, but a really, truly away time where you're not working, where you're not trying to write a book, where you're not trying to accomplish or do anything. Rather, you're there to rest and you're there to spend a lot of time listening and talking to God in silence and solitude. But either way, it doesn't really matter. We would help, our goal is to help you figure out what you need and then to be the place that has the resources to help you get that done mm-hmm. or to do that thing. Not not the let's tell you how to do it. Mm-hmm. For somebody like me, for a philosophy philosophy major like me, that appeals. The ambiguity of this appeals. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be told how to do stuff. I think there are some people that want more than that. And what I would say is we can offer that too if you need it. Mm-hmm. But we are we see ourselves as encouraging you and pushing you to not having an agenda for God, mm-hmm. <laughs> but letting him work with you the way he needs to work with you. Um, and that uh, that is truly born out of our own experience with my sabbatical, with our time over COVID, where we realized we were not in control of what God was doing. Mm-hmm. And what we thought we needed and what we actually needed were two very different things. Yeah. Okay, so leave. let me ask you this. I want to be a host home. I have a home. I would love to let people come and live with me. But how do I know that people are going to send me are okay? What do I do? How do I get this done? What's the process? And briefly, what do I need to do next? Yeah, so very practically speaking, we, uh, we have... I think at this point, I would say several um, host homes that have really shown interest in wanting to do this. So right now we're still building that database of of host homes. So the best thing to do right now, you don't you don't apply at the moment. At the moment, you actually just uh, just email me. Leave. I'll put your email in the show yeah. notes or okay, it's leave, it's leave at org. Yeah, that's good. So you just, just email me and we will uh, have a brief conversation, no commitments at all um, about what kind of home you uh, see yourself being able to offer, uh, and then just to find out more uh, how this works and practicalities and what kind of food you supply, all that sort of thing. As far as as actually having someone in your home, we certainly, and again, this is a part of our ministry that's still developing, so we're still uh, working through how this process happens, but we are certainly foreseeing the 
the background checks on both ends, the, uh, you know, making sure that safety is in place and all those practic practical things. Uh, so we're not just sending you someone without asking your permission and, you know, they show up at your door. We want this to be really personalized, both for the family and for the retreatant who just needs this this place. So we're so if I email you and I say, yeah. I'm interested, you're not going to just tomorrow send me somebody. No, <laughs> that is not going to happen. <laughs> right. We're going to talk to you and we will have an interview or whatever needs to be done. It's not going to be a, okay, now you're on and you get whatever we send you. Rather, absolutely, we talk to you before we even oh, yeah. mention you to the person. But we would also want to pair you with somebody that you would like to have in your home. Mm -hmm. What about somebody who's interested in doing it? Um, I want to take the time away. I want to be on the sabbatical. I'm looking for a home to live in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, same thing. Uh, email me. Give me that, uh, just your, your basic information, even if you don't know what you're looking for. You know, I have a sense that this is something that I need, but I don't understand. So how much does it cost? Um, we do have costs laid out on our website that are some suggested or uh, possible costs that you're going to have to consider. But if you're somebody who's interested in doing this, the cost is actually going to be very different based on the host home, the location in the world, and what it is you want to do. So don't let that be the reason you choose to contact us or not. Yeah. Rather, contact us and say, I'm interested in this. This is something I am I feel like God might be leading me to take a week, three months, a long time away, and then we will we'll work with you to find the place that works and figure out how to pay for what needs to be paid for. Yeah. The, the flip side of that, I'll say really quickly, is um, many people have a heart for this, but don't feel that they want to be hosts, you know, or, or I've even had people say, I, I wish I wanted to do this as the host, but I just, that's not my gift. Absolutely. But you see the value of it. Please donate to Signpost In, uh, knowing that, you know, our funds get used for for making some of these things possible for people. And so feel feel free to that if you buy into this vision that you uh, you think this would be a valuable thing for people, consider supporting us financially so that we can do it for you and you don't have to. Amen. Yeah. Good. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Uh, there are probably many more questions that people have. Again, you have Leaves email. Feel free to shoot her an email about that. If we get enough questions, maybe we'll do another podcast on this episode and answer some of those questions as we, we kind of figure out where God is going on this one ourselves. And with that, may the grace of Christ go with you wherever the road takes you. Amen. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit us at signpostin.org. While you're there, sign up for our e-newsletter and we'll send you a free ebook. Also, a big thanks to all of our supporters. Signpost In is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, and we exist only because of our generous donors who make everything we do possible. Please consider supporting us with your recurring donation. Visit signpostin.org slash donate.